That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. All right. All right. All I right. think we, we got it. So uh, welcome back, everybody. Or Doug, our one listener. He's out there somewhere, I know. Um, today, we're talking with my good friend, Dennis, the animal Hurley. Actually, no one calls him that, but I really like to say that. I'll take it. Thank you. He is a uh, performer. He is a uh, comedian. He is one heck of a dancer and a good friend of mine uh, and also a fantastic actor who does work on both coasts in Boston and in Los Angeles, uh, which is always exciting because, you know, L.A., very hip, very now. Very and I'm probably the whitest person you know. That's that's true. That's true on a, on a purely, you know, factual a, basis. A literal physical level. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I, exactly. The people at home... Might not know this. Doug might not know that I'm an albino. So let's yes. just get that out of the way. Right. And I, and I always find that interesting that that's, that that's um, you know, I, I don't know. It's it's something that I think is important to you, right? Like to, to explain that to people. That's an interesting point because it's actually it's not. It's like there have been years, stretches where I forget that I have this genetic condition. I forget that I am this strikingly pale. But it's the response of people in life because it's it's because it looks so unique they bring it up to me so yeah no and I, I i had the same same thing i think that's a thing like when you when you have a unique look or style such as myself or yourself people mm -hmm. tend to glom onto it mm -hmm. i never i never think of it i think oh there's dennis he's got funny glasses uh but i'm teasing but like my point is, is people that, think that too i'm sure no but my point is like it's not the thing that like the it doesn't in my head is not the thing that defines you or, right or just not a thing that that i mean i guess it's true of any anybody really it's like if you're if you're a decent person you don't sit there and say well i'm judging this person by how they look or their feature but i try to respect um you know the things that the person finds important uh so yeah that is not the direction i thought this this thing would start with That's okay. uh no but cool so as we um as we said, uh, you are a fancy pants actor and performer, writer. Um, we uh, actually, I'll leave with this. Like, do you want to kind of share your recollections of how you and I met back in the day? Absolutely. Absolutely. The year was 2010. Correct? Correct. I have a t shirt that proves it. 2010. The 2000s were over, they were done. The, the heady days. The new, the new, the, the decade we're in right now. That's when we met. Yes. That's uh, 2010. We met summer of 2010. What was the temperature? I... The temperature was. I guess what I'm saying is like, can we? Can, is there, was, there, was there something in particular that stuck out about that? I mean, like, I think the the date is less important as to the circumstances. Absolutely. So you and I were both living in the Boston area, and we were both somewhat involved at Improv Boston, a comedy theater in Cambridge. You and I were producing stuff there, taking classes. And we hadn't met each other at the theater, but we met at the bar down the street called the Cantab Lounge during uh, a now non-existent pub crawl that Improv used. To, oh yeah, Improv Boston used to do. When was the last time you were on a pub crawl? I think they just had one that year and the year after. I was that about they... you? Like, when was the last time you were on a pub crawl? Oh, that's a good question. I love a good pub crawl. Uh oh. <laughs> uh. 2013 ah, my so, brother's my younger brother's bachelor party that, that, you spent a, a a month there one night <laughs> it was a night it was a night oh yeah so so the my recollection is that uh so you know improv boston is a community and 
Yes. In any community, there's, there's a sort of a, an understood kind of hierarchy of like, if you're new, you're like, oh, I want to be on stage. And once you're on stage, like, I want to be yep. on the bigger stage. And when you're on the stage, right, you're like, right. I want to be on Saturday Night Live or whatever yep. it is. Mm-hmm. But I remember is that like, there were so many, like, I was not, and still I'm not, like, the best improv performer ever. I'm not even, you know, the, really what I should say is I'm a bad improv performer. Because uh, partly, mainly, more than anything, because it's not like in my heart to do it. But the point is, at the time, I saw, you know, I could tell who was good at the theater and who was great and who was interesting. And I just always remembered your performances. I think you, the one that I struck me at the time was your uh, doc impression from um, uh, that 70s show. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> Kirkwood. Uh, no. Uh, yeah. Call back to the first episode, uh, people. No, from um, from a a improvised show or partly mm-hmm. improvised show. Can you share a little bit about that? Absolutely. That was called 1.21 gigawatts. Um, and that was birthed out of actually the stand-up scene. I was doing stand-up. I was just starting to do stand-up and there's a Boston stand-up named Rob Crean who I watched his act and at the very end he does sort of this quasi Marty McFly impression. And so after the show I went up to him and be like, hey, I do a Doc Brown. And then the it just spiraled from there. People said, why don't you guys do like an improvised back to the future? And you know, the, it'll be fun. The audience can choose the time period. So it's like interactive and it was, it turned out really well. I think we sold out that whole showcase. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that struck me about it was that, um, you know, um, I did used to work for NBC late night, which meant that I had to do work for something called Friday night. Um, and then also for the tonight show, uh, kind of on the periphery of that, but the point is, we saw a lot of comics there, mm-hmm. and I feel like I had a sense of like what made a, a strong one, and what made the difference between someone who was like strong and ready for prime time, and someone who was just sort of doing it because to amuse themselves. And I always appreciated right. the fact that you were a performer first, and not just there making yourself or your friends laugh. Well, thank you, and and I think a distinction is that before I had jumped into the improv comedy sketch comedy community in Boston, I had lived in New York City for five years. So I'd already made a serious go of it as an actor pounding the pavement in New York City. So I already had that mentality going in. And I think that's what helped me. And so so you spend a lot of time, uh, you and I actually have done a couple of projects together, including um, something called A Little Push. Yes. Uh, and can you share a little bit about that and kind of how that came to fruition? Yes. So we, after we met at the pub crawl, uh, you know, we became friendly. We weren't quite friends yet, I think. We, we, we knew actually Emmy. <laughs> yeah, and then we, yeah. and then I had also, you introduced me to, to Emmy, who um, is a collaborator, good friend of mine as well. And we, I, when I would hang out with Emmy, I would sometimes, you know, come back and you, you guys were roommates at the time. So I had come back. And in a different part of my life, I have a, my cousin... Michael Skinny Cavallo, he's a rap artist, singer, songwriter, activist, and at the time, I think I believe it was 2012, 20 or 2011, when when it was we were yeah 2011 was when it was because uh, conceived yeah it hit it hit film festivals in 2012 yeah 2011 it skinny cavallo and i are two weeks apart we've been best friends and your cousins too, and we're cousins we're first cousins our our moms are sisters so we see each other at the holidays and one holiday i think it was 2010 into 2011 
Everybody uh, got these numbers down? Yes. Write them I, down, please. I really love numbers. Can you tell? Dennis loves numbers. Okay, but uh, Christmas, he, I was showing him footage of a movie and, and I was working. What date is Christmas? It's uh, December the 25th. Correct. And um, I was putting, almost getting done with my film once again. It's a short film that I wrote and produced. I was a, I was a, I was a. And you were an executive producer. Executive producer just by virtue of the fact that I, that I was part of the Kickstarter. But you still. sure were. And you donated a, a sizable amount. So thank yeah. you for that. It got the project done, which is the most important thing to me. How good the product was, that's a whole other story. Um, but once again, and I was showing my cousin some of the raw footage and he was sh- not showing, but letting me hear his latest track. And we just looked at each other and said, this could kind of fit well into this concept. The concept for your song, A Little Push, kind of fit with the lonely aspects of this main character from my movie once again. So I had the thought, let's do a music video to help promote the film. But I, hadn't you guys been talking for like, since you were like seven to do videos together or film together? Yeah, that was like a general like, yeah, we should we should write a screenplay together. Like Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, Good Will Hunting, that kind of thing. Or, or And we used to do like, you know, uh, Sony Handycam <laughs> little movies on the weekends in the That's 90s but uh no this was the first real legit we're gonna put money behind it and i'm finally gonna work with my cousin um professionally and that's what that's where you came in well, mr jed hamill Segway. he so i talked to you at the end of one night where i was hanging with emmy and you were just coming home and i was you know we were just catching up like hey what have you been up to oh i'm doing this uh and i i saw you were editing a, a music video you had just done mm-hmm. and i liked how it looked and and it was just a serendipitous moment where, where i said jed i really want to make a music video out of my cousin's song and i started to explain the world that skinny was in and you knew everything about it immediately you had such a great music-based knowledge like i i mentioned the name slain and you're like oh yeah he's the and you, you were just you just had it and i yeah, was like Maddie okay Trump. yeah and that's when in my mind i said you know what? I've seen Jed's work, and I like hanging out with him. And he yeah. seemed, he knows what he's talking about. So those three things, I was like, he's going to direct this this music yeah. video. It was interesting because like if you, I'm going to flash forward and go back to the middle. Yes. So flash forward is that you know that film or that you know it's a music video, but I consider it a film because it's much more of a story to me. It's like a uh, hybrid. Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah. I, I, part of the part of the reason why I did that was for marketing purposes but also because it really was but so fast flash forward you know we got into around 15 film festivals and got nominated for a few awards. we might have won one award either way the point is is that um you know that's part of the fun of it right is to create a project and have it be seen by folks and one Mm -hmm. of my favorite memories is seeing skinny we premiered it in los angeles we actually premiered it here in boston um uh which i'll let you talk about uh but also the premiere that i was uh that i remember frankly the most uh is the premiere we had in Los Angeles because we had it at the Chinese theater. Um, it's actually called um, TLC theater now, but it's kind of the famous theater in Hollywood that has like the Hollywood walk of fame. And, you know, your other cousin uh, skinny and I kind of went hiking up into the Hills before and we came back down and then sat and watched our, you know, our creation on a giant screen. Um, and it was like something I'd seen in my own life. Cause I got in a bunch of film festivals at that same theater um, for other films. But that was really kind of a cool experience for me 
to see him kind of skinny in particular kind of see his was essentially bits and pieces of his life story and kind of hard pieces of his life story shown to on a pretty the, big crowd on the big screen like big screen huge yeah. huge huge screen i and, really wish i could have been there no i know and i i realize that's not the happiest of endings but the reason why i was segueing there is that like the truth of it is that there's a similar experience i think that you had when you premiered it and i was gonna you know kind of drop it off for you is when you when we together premiered it at uh in the boston premiere at um the brattle theater in harvard square mm. with a bunch of other films with that also included our friend rich who's not here with us today but he's here in spirit. Yes, November 2012. That's when we had our Boston screening of A Little Push at the Brattle Theater. And you and I, that was one of our masterpieces because we were talking back and forth. How are we going to get the, the most people in here? How are we going to make this a significant event? And you were the one that came up with the idea to make it a fundraiser for something. It was for, um, it was for Friend of Skinny. Uh, who was in a band called LFO. Uh, I forget the... Rich Cronin. Rich Cronin. Hope Foundation. Yeah, that's right. And we made it a night. It was was an afternoon. It was an afternoon at the Brattle Theater in Harvard Square. So we made it free. uh, Pay what you can, donation only, to this Rich Cronin Foundation. And the idea was to have a mix of music and short films, some comedy, some drama, and end it all with this, um, this as we said, hybrid, this music video film that you you helped write, create, produce. And, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and then we ended with Skinny himself singing the title song and a few other songs. And it was very touching because it was like, it was the first time... People saw how how very close I am. To well, my see, cousin. that's sort of the thing that I talk about. It's funny. It's like I I'm gonna start interject- interjecting more because like I'm all about the like the like the, the the meaning behind all this stuff, and you're very good at like laying out like the things that happened. But to me, the the, the memories that I had was one mm-hmm. was that it was a pretty much a sold out event, like in a pretty big theater. Uh, that's number one. Number two is that you know you know I had. I had produced one of the films. I had written, directed, edited, and like just basically creatively owned the other one, which is the Little Push, and then also produced a film called The Legacy, which won Best Film at Comic Con, has a million views on YouTube. One, um, you know, stars the kid from Zoe 101. So it kind of was this fancy film that people kind of, uh, kind of think is was cool, right? And so my my, my biggest memory of it was just how much people, not in a bad way, just didn't care about anything that I was part of, but were so excited about you like they were they cheered so hard for you and they were definitely all there for you and then on top of that it was again it was nice to see um the two of you kind of have a moment that i was a part of where i was like yeah like they've talked about this since they were seven and they've had some tough times and they have stuck it out and continue to create and that's the thing that i find so interesting about life is that i just don't stop creating like this is a podcast i'm just doing it like it required me to like email you a couple times and to Mm -hmm. ask a favor to uh, you know, the folks at the podcast studio are in. And um, uh, the point of story is that I'm always creating. I'm, I'm not going to stop creating uh, because I enjoy it. But people 
do like they 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 do stop themselves either because they're afraid or because they think it's too hard or they don't think it's important enough or whatever or they, or they can't see the light at the end of the tunnel 100 percent. the so, financial reward or is, yeah or, or, is, is or, looking yeah. smaller and smaller and there isn't like that's the thing it's like nobody gets a financial reward for right. knitting another person a sweater like maybe you start selling the sweaters but like it's just like you don't knit sweaters or you don't you know you don't like collect stamps well maybe you do i guess i got those aren't good examples but i mean like there's the hobbies that we have even if you're serious about them if it's art if it's if it's something that's coming from your soul then there's very little i believe you should have a little expectation that the reward is going to be money unless unless it's your true passion you're just going to do things until they're not fun anymore or they're not comfortable anymore like this acting career that i've been in for over 20 years yeah why do you do it there's plenty of times I want to give up. I'm like, this but, is a ridiculous business. This is dumb. But that's that's what separate. The reason I keep getting back on the horse, the reason I keep coming back is because I love it that much. But it's, is, it, is it's, it, do you, this is the this thing I always ask. Like, would you perform on a, like a, a box on the side of the street corner if you don't become rich and famous? Like, what is your... Heck yeah. Yeah. And so people say that and they, and they I believe you, but people either A, don't say that or B say it but don't really mean it because i think oftentimes especially in the entertainment world they want to do it to either become rich famous or both if like, i weren't trying to make a name for myself in this you better believe I'd, I'd be finding some way to do it right and so yeah exactly and that's the thing and that's the thing that i appreciate and i think that's the thing that people appreciated about that moment is they didn't have an understanding of how much you had struggled or how um, you had succeeded or how you know you and skinny even talk about this for a while what they saw was just a person who was always doing stuff and being joyful about it and could obviously passionate about it. and i think that's what draws anybody to anybody but it's definitely mm-hmm. what drew people to you that day definitely to get, to get to the point of the the overall question is that like the first thing is one is i do think there's this there's nothing necessarily inherently wrong with wanting to be rich and famous it's just there's this presumption that if you are rich and famous then by virtue of that fact, you will be happier because of it. And one, uh, I don't believe that's true. And two, it's such a high mark to try to reach. And and once you reach it, to maintain it. That like, I mean, I, I, I the people when I was working at NBC late night, mm-hmm. you know, I, again, I worked for the Tonight Show and I did work for uh, um, later and did work for Conan and did work for Access Hollywood. Like legitimately 75% of the people we covered who were huge, huge and like the early 2000s like are n- nowhere to be found right now. I hear what you're saying like money money is going to make you more comfortable and it's it's not going to make your problems go away. Like what was it they they talked in his book Andrew McCarthy talks about how he had a drinking problem and someone asked him in an interview is like oh do you do you think that that the fame is the reason why why that happened and he's like no I mean if I wasn't famous I just would have drank less expensive vodka. Yeah, and, and that's sort of the thing, right? It's like, it's like that, and they always talk about that, like in the when they talk about manifesting or like finding the the person of your dreams. Is that like the idea is they say, well, look, you got to be happy with yourself, and then mm-hmm. that person will appear. And I do think that there's a certain truth to the fact that like my goal, and in, in, particularly in in this moment in my life or this 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 general time frame of my life, is that I want to be happy regardless of the external forces around me. Meaning, right. like if if I want to be happy, whether I'm rich or famous, or whether you know, people know my name or, or whether I get to sit quietly alone in my room and people don't know my name, like whatever the circumstances are, I want to be happy. And then the other part is like, you want to be successful. But I think the biggest thing is one is how do you define success? And did you do define success for reasons that you 
came up with on your own or are you following some path that the world tells you is like yep this is what success is right people like if people put half as much of the effort as they put into being successful and into being happy i wonder if i don't know the world would be a, a calmer place yeah, and and I and I think part of it, so people kind of quibble about whether it's called whether it's happiness or whether it's contentness or whether it's like fulfillment, fulfillment. Like it's and I think there's a difference, but I think there, it's we all know what we mean when we say it, right? Like we know we 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 want that feeling. Like so, to me, like if I but as much as I say we all know what we feel, we don't always break it down into. I want to bring this back kind of into like acting and not just sort of sprawl about philosophy. But my point is, is that. That we, as much as we know how we feel, we don't always parse out why we feel what we feel or exactly the circumstances for what we're feeling. So, like, for me, like, being happy or content or, like, being one with myself or being successful, whatever that it means, is that I know what that is for me. What that means for me is that I want to be able to, um, while paying my bills, doing something that I'm passionate about, uh, and that's just a basic level. Like I don't need a fancy car, a fancy house. I just want to be able to like know that I have, you know, money coming, the money available to me tomorrow and whatever, uh, is I want to create things that bring people together, whether it's an event, whether it's a music video, um, whether it's, um, you know, writing a blog, but doing something that expresses what I have inside me, whether that's good or bad or whatever. I want to just be like, Hey, this is the thing that I think would be helpful. Um, and I want to do it in such a way that I am, um, challenging myself to uh, create things in ways I hadn't before. And so the point is like, I can tell you forever and ever, ever what I want. But I think for most people, uh, A, they don't know it. And B, frankly, if I had all those things, I'm not sure it'll necessarily make me quote unquote happy. But in my mind, I think those are the things that drive me is to, is to I know that I will create films to the day I die, whether people know my name or not. And frankly, not many people know my name, but if they read my resume, they would be, oh my gosh, that's amazing. And then they'd meet me and be like, that's, not, <laughs> you know, well, he's not that amazing. He's just a guy. But like, because we all have this idea of like what it means to have these things that we're not a part of. Like, oh, when I once I get to main stage, you know, on Improv Boston's Community Theater, I'll finally be successful and feel good. Or then you get there, like, no. Once I get to the no, Groundlings, I'll be happy. Nope. Once I get you're to always, Saturday Night Live, you're always gonna want to be at a more successful place than you are. But what does that mean? Like, what's more successful? Like, where do we get that idea? I guess bring it back to the point of this, which is like... It's whatever the steps are. It's, and it's, so what I'm asking you is what are your steps? Like, where where are you now in your mind? Where do you want to go? And if you, in your mind right now, if you could have a successful career or successful life, what does that look like? Well, from right now... This is a good question. <laughs> um you know, right now I've I've been on a sitcom uh, three times on Superstore. I was in a Justin Timberlake video, and that even compared to the five which years. Which one? Huh, you know which one. I know, but they don't. Can't stop the feeling. And that's why I ask. Hit of, I, the, hit of the summer, 2016. I try to stop the feeling, but I can't. Yes, and uh, you're also you, you're also a gif. I am. I'm yeah. a gif. Yeah. I, I'm, I mean, I'm so proud of that. But. Uh, <sighs> I guess where I'm at is I am a moderately successful actor who works a few times a year. But what, what the next step I want, what I want is to work consistently. 
right. every year to be financially secure. So moderately successful to you is doing a lot of work to get paid or is it doing work that makes you feel happy? And like, you know, what if you get paid a ton of money but aren't doing something that, that is like interesting to you? Is that success? No, I wouldn't say so. I say that's just spinning your wheels. Unless you do something with that money that fulfills you. Right. So I, my question to you is, is, why aren't you at this very minute successful? Because the way that I look at it, in your mind, that is. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I know. Because the way I look at it, it's like you're doing interesting work on many levels. So just real quick, this is the math that I see. Okay. Is that you, in the time that I've known you, you've progressed in your ability to, uh, in your craft, which is just my own opinion. But what is a verifiable fact is that you've progressed in the stages that you've been on the breadth of kind of stuff that you've been doing and the quality of that work, as well as the kind of standard issue of what we think success is. So to, to be very specific, uh, in this very moment or this, you know, this time of your life, to your point, you've been on uh, a national network TV show that frankly is most people will never be able to say that ever. Uh, mm -hmm. You've written one of the most seen music videos in the history of the universe. You've um, done indie films that have paid you money to go different countries. That's right. You have done sketch comedy. Some of the stuff I know you find so hilarious, and I'm like, and I think, it, and I think it's, I think it's funny. Don't get me wrong, but I always laugh because like the, the the reason I say is like the the parodies that you do, like I know that you would do that in your room, like doing like puppet shows if you had to, right? Like it's just one of those things that you do because you love it. And I guess what I'm saying is, if you're doing what you love, yeah, and you are doing a variety of things, and you get to show your gift to the world. Why is that not just? Yep, I'm successful. I in, in when you put it like that, I will say yes, yes, I am successful in that regard. I will. Um, yes, but as you know, you all heard me, Doug. <laughs> it doesn't. It just when when you're not doing it consistently. You know what I mean? That's when it feels unsuccessful. Well, see, that's the thing. It's like 100%, and that, that's the answer, right? To me, that, that, that for me at least, I don't know what the answer is. But to me, that's what I've noticed in my own life is mm -hmm. that it's progress. Like if I feel like I'm moving forward, like if I'm – whether you're like, oh, you know, I'm, I screwed up today, but I learned something. That's progress. Oh, uh, well, I – you know, I, um, I'm not exactly – you know, I can't run as fast as I want to or I'm not as – the weight I'm right. not, but I, but I, but I'm on the path. See, that is a good distinction. That's – which I, I wish other people would adopt because I feel like a lot of the people have all or nothing thinking. They think uh, either I'm a lazy tub of crap who does nothing right. or I'm on my way to get an Oscar next Thursday. Yeah, and what's interesting... And that's the yeah, all or nothing yeah, thinking yeah. that ruins people. And, it's yeah. and causes them to say, I give up. Exactly. And, it, and it's I, I can't tell whether it's like an excuse or whether it's just sort of like a... It's just a crushing like reality that people just aren't able to handle. I think but, it's both. It's like... People use it as an excuse, but some people legitimately think their their distorted thoughts are real. Yeah, they, they yeah, yeah. Because like on, on any metric, depending on who you ask, I'm either wildly successful or not at all. Right. right. Like and, and so last year I talked. I had this blog post that I wrote was like about how I had the best year of my life, and like I I left a job. I drove cross country. I uh, directed a video for the Air Force. I was directing a music video. Uh, called Hot Tub Wingman that I'm very proud of and that you've have given your approval to. Oh my gosh, it's so well done, Jed. Oh, thank you, it's thank a, you. It's one of the, it's a jewel in your crown. Well, thank you. But yes. so, so so the thing of it is that I knew, and I've been down this road before where I ride these waves, I'm like, yeah. I'm doing it. And then like things slow down, and it's like cold and, you know, mm -hmm. or, or you're, yep. or you're, you're, mm -hmm. you're, you know, I came home because I hurt my knee and I, you know, I kind of go between LA and, and Boston. And so the point is, is that like on, 
on any realistic metric, I'm doing exactly what I want to do. I'm working with the Air Force and Techstars again, doing some video work, and they're um, great to work with. And I'm getting paid to do that work. And I'm, you know, I'm preparing for another music video. And um, I'm getting back. I was actually in pretty good shape this past year already, but I, after I hurt my knee, I had to kind of make some more progress. And the point of the story is like I can go on and on and on, and eventually you sound like you're bragging. But on the other hand, like when I think about it on my day to day basis, like well, look, like I'm you're celebrating what you've done, and you're. Yeah, yeah that's well, but, so... but it took me a long time to get to that is my point. But what, I, what, I'm, what I'm driving at before I go on and on and on and just list my hashtag humble brag list of things that I've done, my right. feats of strength. Right. The reason why I mention that is to say that, it's, that it isn't binary, even the way that we talk about it, like you're talking about it. I, I think that people, it's not just binary, but people take their, they, they t- interject themselves into this and not just say like, well, Dennis is a success or isn't a success. They say, is he more successful than me? Or is he less successful than me? Or mm-hmm. not to be so negative, they make it seem like you are somewhere they could never be or have no idea of how to get to. And really all that you did was just continue to work on your craft and not quit. Or am I wrong about that? You're not wrong at all. It, it, there is definitely a, an aspect of staying in the boat, as some people put it, like just keep going. Just don't stop creating. If you're a creative artist, even if you're broke, find a way to create. Yeah, and, and, it, and it cracks me up because I remember so clearly too uh, how many people we when we did the show or the the, the premiere of a little push in Boston. Again, we showed a little push. We showed once again. We showed the legacy, which is the kind of the fancy pants film that people tend to gravitate to with me. I showed some of my sketches. Well, I showed yes. the Hurley Brothers. Right. right. And so this is the point. So the, what I'm driving at is that you never win. In the sense that, like, and this is why you do win. It's a, it's a simultaneous thing. Is that there are so many people in that audience who were just gaga over, and I don't use that word lightly, uh, <laughs> gaga, or <laughs> really excited about the legacy. And a lot of people were like, ah, it was fine. Like, it was cute. But I really liked the little push because it was grittier. And other people were like, ah, you know, it's too gritty for me. I really like the sketches. Like, and the point mm-hmm. is, like, mm-hmm. when you sit there and you try to compare yourself to other people, you will never win. Like there are people right now who are like tearing apart any number of people who won the Academy Award and maybe rightly mm-hmm. so. Right. But that's the point. The point is, is that if you're looking for external validation, like whether you get a hundred views or a million views or a million critics, like what's that number that's going to make you finally realize that you're a success? And the answer is there's not, in my opinion, there's no number. And so I guess to, to get it back to the original point, which is how do you measure success? Yeah. And the problem people face and they get in, to a, a cyclical pattern of thinking they're like blank will make me happy right once i get blank then then i will be happy so what is so they it get it and then they're not happy because they want something else so what is it how do you define success for yourself not for anyone else but for you and really it, it could be career i don't want like well i want to be a you know <laughs> so all right I, i'll say what it is so you're you're saying success, in your so so in you, my mind, yeah. So you started this. So first of all, the the premise of this is I'm trying to get to the point of like success is completely just the thing that we decide that it is, and many people, people right? They many define people, success, yeah. And when they define success, way. they if they realize they have it, they don't feel successful. And on top of that, the second thing about this is that you said that you consider yourself to be a middling successful actor, and that is a not a bad term. It's like you can call yourself whatever you want. It's up to you. But I'm saying is that I basically like, you know, uh, you know, you, you can't handle the truth, dude. Uh, I was like, I got you to admit that you actually are successful. You put it that way. And the, and all that I did was like, you know, verbal trickery. But I'm honest, like just, you know, give it some time to think. But like, 
what is your definition of success? Are you there? And what do you think it would take to get you there if you're not there? The only thing missing from the equation, the happiness in what I do is, is there. The talent is there. What's not there is the financial self-sufficiency. That's the missing piece. Gotcha. That's it. That, I feel, if we want to bring back one of those words, fulfillment, that will turn these periods of happiness I have and uh, feeling like I am successful into fulfillment. So with that in mind, let's bring it back to the... Financial self-reliance. Got it. Yeah. No, that's I mean, it. that's it. I mean, that's, that's the thing about like, I mean, that's that's the thing that people, t- we can go on and on about how people, it's either have one or the other. <laughs> either you're like, you're free to do whatever you want, but I have very little financial freedom or you don't have any very much financial freedom. I mean, you have a lot of financial freedom, but you can't do anything because you're too busy working. So I guess when it comes to, um, then uh, maybe, maybe, let me rephrase this question to make it kind of like a best practice for other people. Like, Let's say that you were financially stable in the way that you wanted to be. Mm-hmm. You have that. That's off the table. What does success now look like for you? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, and I would say it would make me busier and I would expand how much I do. How much creative creativity I put forth. So you, you think it's quantity? I guess so. Quantity and consistency. Because these days it's like I, I get a, a break and I get a, a TV show or a movie and that money lasts me for... No, we're not talking about money. You have all the money Oh, in the that's world. right. All right. I would create more of my own stuff. Yes, I would be more prolific. And what's the, what's the value of... like Why is that success to you? Because it's... Because it feels like achievement. I'm getting things done for myself and my friends and other people and creative collaborators. And what's the value of of getting that's stuff it? Done? That's just it. With money, you have production value. No, we Without have, money, we, we have all the money. We have all right. The money. So, so I'd be putting together projects that look amazing and have have the talent. And but have... I guess what I'm asking is that there are there are directors who make a film once every four years sometimes because they have to because that's the only time they can get the money okay sometimes because they just aren't they don't have it i guess what i'm saying is is that is your it can, this is the answer could be whatever it is like i'm not i'm not trying to say your answer is not right i'm trying to figure out what the actual answer is though is that because the truth of it is we talked about this earlier would you rather be consistently putting out work that isn't it exactly what you want or would you rather be putting out work that's exactly what you want, but like takes more time. And it, maybe those things aren't binary. Maybe they're not mutually exclusive. Right. But, I but think a, a combination of both would feel good to me. Gotcha. So then, yeah. so yeah, so that makes sense. So that, so the, so the point is, is basically, I mean, it seems like a simple answer now. It's like you, what you want to do is you want to be able to do your passion over the course of time on a regular basis. That, yes. <laughs> that seems like a pretty yes. answer, it, simple Absolutely. answer. But I guess what I'm saying is, this is my point, and this is why I'm kind of feeling a little snarky. I don't mean to be, but don't you have that right now? No. Well, there's some months where I have to suck it up and do a job that I hate. And that takes away from time that I could be writing, creating. And um, yeah, 
Gotcha. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. So, because because from the outside, it seems like there is like you are putting out pretty regular content, like not every day, but like. And when you say from the outside, you mean just a, a general kind of surface, like Facebook. Well, no. So, so I guess what or, I'm saying or is just that, knowing me. Like, what what do you mean? Well, so both. So, so what I mean is that I see you do constant, consistent work, both in our conversations and what you post online, mm-hmm. um, and that. There are times when you aren't doing work where, you know, to your point, you would, you would, you know, you would act on a street corner where if you did want to do stand up, like we could get you stand up tomorrow. And I just figured you didn't yeah. want to do it. So what I'm saying is that like, and this is all, this is what I'm just trying to drive. We can move on to the next thing. But what I was, what I was trying to figure out is not to get you to like to admit anything or something, but like, I'm curious myself because I don't know the answer for me. But my point is, is that you are, you are definitely doing regular work. So one is that if that's i guess what i'm trying to figure out is like is there a perfect world out there or is it just that sometimes you know there's an ebb and flow of good stuff and bad stuff and maybe that's the thing that uh, makes good art is having some bad times along with the you know the times when you feel amazing the answer to that question is yes seven all right cool that's what I, <laughs> that's the thing so like i'm and i i didn't mean to like you know you know kind of like you know whatever come at you like that but i'm actually curious myself because i know again that, like is that what you're saying that's what i'm this is what i'm saying that's what i'm saying that's, that's what, I'm, what saying. I'm saying that's what i'm saying yeah so, your, your yeah. podcast name and the inflection it's kind of like my dream for you now <laughs> is if you could get jerry seinfeld to come in and be a guest because he would because <laughs> it's it, it the way you say it kind of reminds me i mean of it's kind would, of it's kind how of he would say yeah it. yeah it's, it's not an impression it's just like my it's not it came yeah. from you yeah, it's just it's totally me it's it the, the, that's why I love it. That's yeah. why the show, the show is a perfect name. When well, you when you get into something you're talking about, and I know Jen people, so I know him, and he just is if he wants to bring home a point, he'd just say, "That's what I'm saying." I'm I've, I've, as if you're saying, "I've been saying this all along." I just don't know why people won't take my advice. Why my friends won't take my advice? Well, it does. Ha- I mean, if I'm, I'm going to sound like a jerk here, but it happens a lot. Like this is the thing that I've learned myself is that like. I'm sure there's any number of things people would be like, dude, like we saw this coming a mile away. We just didn't tell you. So it's not like I have some like, right. like I just, I'm the one talking about it. Right. So the thing that I was, the thing that I'm, I was trying to drive at with you. Cause I think it's interesting for me is that like, like I'm in the, one of the most prolific periods of my life in terms of creation. Again, I'm doing a podcast. I'm blogging regularly. I'm, you know, writing myself. I'm, I have a music video that's hopefully at film festivals. I'm, uh, you know, getting paid to do video work. I'm, um, doing marketing, which is, uh, you know, a certain kind of creation of like building things. It's not the same kind of creation that I thought growing up, but, you know, building a website or, or you know, I'm not coding it. I'm using like a tool. The point is that from a perspective of like, am I being creative? I'm the most creative I've ever been, you know, and I have three events coming up, uh, which reminds me, we have to talk to you a little bit about um, some of your stuff coming up. Uh, but okay. the point is, is that I don't feel any more or less um, fulfilled. Uh, I feel more energized and more, but I still have this thing that I'm not where I need to be. Right. And, and, and I just, I, I don't I know think where that comes from. I think it's, you, as you said, if money weren't an issue, you wouldn't have to wake up every day and re-strategize in terms of like, how creative can I be this month? I mean, right. wouldn't it be amazing if we had limitless funds and really the only thing we'd have to strategically think of is what can I do with them? Right. No. And I, and what, I, what, what do I put it into my movie? Do I put it into my podcast marketing? Do, yeah. That, those are the good problems. 
Yeah, so and you and I right now we have a mix of good and bad problems. Yeah, and I, I think we're doing better than most, frankly. And I, I guess that's, well, that's the thing. Good. Like, I guess I guess the, the the first thing that I would say I would I, this is my belief, and I'm going to pose it to you, and you can see what you think. Okay. And then we can wrap this up with some kind of like promotional stuff. Sure. Is that so? For me, number one, I think that there is value to just creation for the sake of creation. Number one. Number two, there's value in creating things and getting better at it through practice and you know I, i'm anything that i'm good at i love and because i love it i get good at it you know and a bit better at it i should say um and so i think that again making progress is important two i don't know that it is a, a good thing to have all the resources in the world i i mean the people i see who are super successful frankly most of them didn't like there are people who were born privileged and there's different levels of privilege and the people who are like running the country very often didn't start from nothing they they got a really big helping hand but the 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 point is the people who I know in my own life when I look at the things that make them great and impressive and and like uh, kind of make them who they are is the the battles they had to fight. So I don't know that necessarily having like complete freedom is I mean I don't know if it's good or bad or whatever. I just know that that there is some value to having to overcome obstacles. Um, yeah, but we did that. So well, this is then this isn't the thing. Is that like and I guess so let's move on. It never. I don't know that it ever ends. I guess is the point. And, and I guess the thing is, is like, well, what? Like, what's going to make me happy? Like, winning the Academy Award? Well, I think that'd be amazing. But, like, that's where I come down on it. Like, the thing that I think is amazing is having cool moments like this. Like, right now, it's the middle of the day, and we're talking – I'm talking to, you know, one of my best friends. And, like, mm-hmm. maybe two people, Doug and my mom, will listen to it. But, like, the point is, is, like, that's that's better than a kick in the head. It's better than, like, you know, for me at least, staring in front of a spreadsheet. And some people really love spreadsheets. So it's, I'm not judging. I'm just saying, for me, staring in front of a spreadsheet all day would, would, would really hurt sure. my soul. But imagine that, but Uncle Sam is not banging down your door. True. I mean, how uh, much how much better would that be? A hundred times better. But I guess the thing is, like, so for me, it would also be, like, here's my answer. So my answer to that is that, so I was born with what's called cerebral palsy on my left side. And uh, in one hand, my life would be a lot simpler. Uh, people would look at me differently uh, in a better way, usually, uh, frankly. But other people would look at me differently as like, well, like they look at me now, like it's so impressive. He, I had one guy, I was hiking up a hill and he literally yelled to me, you're inspiration to us all. I was like, what? <laughs> and what he meant was like he, he could see that I had a limp and that I was going fast up a hill. And to me, that was more condescending than anything. But the point is, is that like, I do think that me having those challenges made me who I am today. And frankly, I play basketball. I think I would be a worse basketball player if I had the use of my two hands than now when I have the use of one, frankly. And the reason for that is that I've had to be creative. I had to find ways around it. And I had a bit of a chip on my shoulder and it pushed me to get better. And I don't believe that's um, – I think that the argument against that is that like, well, like what? Like you're saying that like you should make people's lives miserable and they should be grateful that it is so that they can overcome it. Like I don't think that's true. I just think that sometimes life is the way that it is. And like a coping mechanism, one. And two, like a reality is that like anything that I've really appreciated, I've had to fight for. And anything that I didn't have to fight for, I, I don't I, – I try to, but I don't appreciate it as much because it's like I've had those things all my life or I expected to have those things. And so Makes sense. It, it's an interesting question. I don't know really the answer to it. But so those are the – that's the – groundwork of that and i would just keep my mouth shut and ask you to respond or have any thoughts on what i just expounded upon hmm. uh yeah sure i mean your cerebral palsy my albinism it's uh it's a it's uh, it's part er- of who we are early in life it made life pretty miserable and i just learned to to use it along along with my strengths yeah, exactly um 
Yes, obviously the the sweet taste of victory after overcoming obstacles is sweeter than if it's just handed to you on a silver platter. I agree with that completely. Yeah. Sorry, I, uh, but then there's the point at which you're, you know, in the middle of your life where we're, we're in our 40s, where we're just saying, okay, uh, where we're saying to some non-being that doesn't exist, like, haven't I... Yeah. Climb this mountain high enough? Yeah. Is this good? No, I mean, let's, you know. It's, and that's just well, how it feels. Yeah, well, you know what Miley Cyrus says about that? Says I do. It, what does she say? She says, twerk it, baby. She, no, she <laughs> she, said, she says, the climb, the climb. There's always another good. mountain to climb. It's always going to be. So enjoy the journey. Yeah. I mean, I mean, enjoy I know, the journey. Life's a journey, not a destination. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of like platitudes. And so that's the thing. It's like, I, again, I wrote this blog about how lucky I was and I know that I'm lucky and I know that some of the stuff that I earned and some of the stuff I'm privileged to have and some of the stuff I didn't earn at all. I was just born into, but I think that there's, so what you're saying is that life is a big bowl of cherries. And just live and laugh at it all. <laughs> this is that. That's is what you're saying. By the way, I, this this podcast is a lot more serious than I thought it, would, it was going to be when we started this out. But so let's segue I, to. I you think that I'm going to be funny, but I'm not. I'm a, I'm well, a sad uh, guy. No, but also like I asked you some pretty serious questions. Um, so I take full responsibility for that. Okay, I, fine. Uh, so but so be, let's wrap this up sure. somewhat. I know that you have some um, interesting things coming up, including some charitable work. Do you want to talk a little bit about yeah, that? Yeah, I did this. The movie you were hinting at before called Involution. I can't wait to see it. It's been in post-production for forever. And then it finally was done. And now it's at the festival circuit right now. It's going on. So I'm just waiting for it to hit Netflix. This this movie called Involution. I played a really bad dude. And what else? Uh... What else? I'm working on my next uh, parody. Uh, that's that's kind of what we were talking about before. The the stri- strategic thinking um, parodies were kind of my thing. I did a parody of Da Vinci Code. I did a parody of Baywatch. Parody of Star Trek. And now I'm I'm uh, releasing one on the reboot of Pet Cemetery. By the way, we didn't tell you this, but this podcast is a parody of <gasps> as well. Is that why Mel Brooks is sitting over there texting in the corner? Chew your gum. <laughs> the main room. Uh, what else? What am, what am I doing? Um, I thought there was a chair. I'm trying to give you. I'm trying to tee this up for you, and I know the answer to this. What? You have a charitable thing coming up. We do. Yes. Yes. Jed and I, since 2012, we're, we're going to have our first. Uh, Volta Visual Variety Hour, and it's going to have music and film and um, spirit and some some stand up maybe, and we're just going to raise some funds for the National Organization for Albinism and Hypopigmentation. That's an organization that I do some work with, and um, it's about providing resources and information to new parents of kids with albinism and people with albinism themselves. That's awesome. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm going to wrap this up and say I'd love yeah. to have you on again if I continue to do this and to say that again. My current state of thinking is that I want to have as many kind of interesting and uh, fun and challenging moments uh, I can. And hopefully Great. it adds up to some sort of success. And so the reason why I mentioned that is to say that I feel like this time was well spent. So yeah. I want to thank you very much for taking the time to talk. And hopefully you thought it was time well spent. But uh, Absolutely, will we man. have you on the show again? Yes. Yes, indeed. This was thoughtful conversation. I'm, I'm 
all for that and uh, and hanging out with yeah, you. So th- this was fun. That could be that could be the uh, that could be also the podcast name. Other than but that's the, what I'm saying. No, Awful no. You, listen, if you change <laughs> the name, I will never come here again. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Oh, that's what I'm saying. What am I saying? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, if you want to do a spin-off podcast called no, "That's What I'm Talking yeah, About," I do a different voice. So when I say "That's What I'm Talking About," I go, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That that that's yeah. your strictly political show. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. I love it. All right. Well, thanks again, Dennis. You were a hoot as always. Oh, uh, you were a hoot and a half, Jed. I, I, I always like talking to you so well, this me was too fun. i'm glad that we had fun time everybody yes. wins all right see you out there our one listener doug hope you're doing okay hi Talk doug. To you later hi doug bye doug okay bye bye